0: Heavenly Father, we we thank you for our time together this morning around the Word. Thank you for the privilege that you have given us to come so freely to minister to you, to worship you and to attend to your words. Thank you for the work you are doing by your Spirit in all of our hearts in different stages of faith and spirituality we may find ourselves in. And so I pray today that by your Spirit you will speak to each and every heart here. By your Word you would minister to us, you would nurture our souls, our spirits, you would encourage us, rebuke if necessary, correct to the glory of your precious name. So we pray that you would give us ears to hear, and eyes to see, and a heart that will understand and embrace your living word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Please turn with me to Psalms 18. We're going to read two verses, 28 and 29. I want to talk about regaining our light and our strength in the Lord. Regaining our light and our strength in the Lord. Psalm 18, verse 28 and 29, David said, For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness for by you i can run against the troop and by my god i can leap over a wall let's read that again he's speaking to the lord and he's saying for you will light my lamp he's talking about his spirit proverbs says that the spirit of man is the lamp of the lord you will light my lamp The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. And for by you, I can run against a troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. The Lord lights up our spirits, our inner man, with the light of his presence. And that is how he expels all of our fears, all of our confusion, and all of our darkness. God is a spirit, and when God wants to do a work in us, he always begins with the inner man, with our spirit, never from the outside, always from the inside. He strengthens us by his spirit, so that we can run against our enemies and put them to flight. Our destiny is victory. We ought to live a victorious life in this world, regardless of what goes on around us, regardless of the challenges, the circumstances, the temptations we face every day. If our spirit man is in a healthy state, if we have taken the time to nurture, to feed, to protect our spirit man, and allow God to infuse him with his strength, no matter what comes from the outside, we will always overcome. Because by nature, we are overcomers. Proverbs says, if you faint in the day of adversity, how small is your strength? So what defeats us in life is not what comes from the outside, but it's the weakness of the spirit of man. It is the weakness on the inside that always defeats us. Proverbs also says that the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in trouble, but a wounded spirit or a broken spirit who can be? It's your spirit man that enables you to overcome, to resist, whatever comes against you from the enemy. And if we do not take the time to feed, to nurture, to look after our inward man, the spirit man, we will find ourselves always at the bottom looking up, rather than being on the top looking down. Now, by the power of His Spirit, the Lord fortifies Or induce our inner man with strength and might so that we can leap over walls, the Bible says. psalmist said, I can leap over a wall, the walls of obstacles that the enemy puts in our way in order to hinder or stop us from fulfilling our God-given purpose. And just because you and I decide to do something worthwhile for God, that doesn't mean the enemy is going to play dead. In fact, the enemy will target you if you are doing something right for God. The greater your purpose, the greater the attacks. The greater your destiny is in the Lord, the greater the enemy's attacks will mount against you. I cannot tell you how many pastors and leaders are, at this point in time, struggling... Struggling to, to face people, struggling to, uh, to, to stand strong in the midst of adversity. And the reason being is that they have not taken the time to look after their own spirits. The Word of God often says, Take heed to thyself first, and then to those who hear you. We have a responsibility to maintain the strength of God within our spirits. The responsibility is on us, it's not on God. But what I see happening today in the church, by and large, this terrible negligence of the believers' disciplines, spiritual disciplines, has cost us a great deal. You know, you don't have to commit a grave sin for your heart to grow hard or to backslide. All you need to do is just do nothing. Put your Bible away for a few days, stay away from your prayer closet, and before you realize it, your heart has gone hard and cold and indifferent toward the things of the Spirit. Now, Paul the Apostle says, and he prays for the believers in Ephesus, saying, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man. That is one of our greatest needs in the church today, to be endued with power from on high, to be strengthened in our inner man, the spirit man, so that we can resist, overcome, and continue to live in victory 24 7 now and the Lord does all this why because he delights in us he takes pleasure in us and as we find our refuge and our strength in him as we draw near to him the Word of God says he will and he does draw near to us and when he does He reveals His plans, His thoughts, His purposes for our lives and so that we walk in the light, not in darkness, not in confusion, not in ignorance, but knowing exactly what God has called each one of us to do and fulfilling that calling. Amen? Amen. So many in the church today are experimenting with life rather than fulfilling purpose. They're marking time rather than fulfilling their destiny. Why? Because there's not enough light. There's not enough strength in their spirits. Now, no one who comes to the Lord with a sincere and humble heart will be disappointed. The scripture says that. Failure and desolation comes when our hearts become so proud they grow cold, and indifferent towards the Lord. Psalm 34, 22 says, The Lord redeems the soul of His servants, and none of them that trust in Him shall be desolate. God does not disappoint us. He never disappoints us. When we put our trust in Him, He will always make a way for us. He will find solutions for us. He will give us the victory. Amen? As I look across the vast body of Christ today and behold the state of the church, my heart grieves. My spirit grieves over the pride, over the weakness, over the compromise and the desolation of many in the church. It should not be this way. In search for answers in prayer, as I question and converse with the Lord over the pain and the brokenness of many, the answer is always the same. The root cause of all the failure, of all the disappointment, of all the ills in the church is the same. And that is, when the heart departs from the Lord, through sin or compromise or distracted by the strong desire of other things, we find ourselves in a place of confusion, deprived of his light and deprived of his strength. It's always the same. It's, this is a heart issue. You know, the other day I was spending time in the presence of the Lord and, and I heard the Spirit say to me, he said, son, In the realm of the spirit or in the light of eternity, it doesn't really matter which house you live in. How big your house is, how small your house is. It doesn't really matter what car you drive, what position you hold, what influence you have, what titles you have. What really matters to me and what matters in the light of eternity is the state of your heart. It is the state of your relationship with me and your relationship with your family and those around you. And we need, from time to time, to take stock of our hearts and ask the question, where am I? Where am I going? Am I marking time or am I fulfilling purpose? And the Lord put, put these questions to me. He said, do you really know me intimately? These are the days of massive deception, folks. Many are being deceived because many within the house of God are spiritually asleep. They have no spiritual discernment. They swallow everything they hear. Jesus said, beware of false prophets. You cannot believe everything you hear, especially nowadays. And we can only discern truth by the Holy Spirit, when we are fully awake spiritually. The Lord said to me, do you really know me? How much do you know Do you know me intimately? Do you love me passionately? Am I the center of your being? And I'm asking you these questions today. Is He the center of your life? Is he your Alpha and your Omega, your beginning and your end? Is he the Lord of your life? Or is he someone you go to when you have a problem? Why do you follow the Lord? Do you follow him for what you can get out of him? Or do you follow him and you love him because of who he is? Are you passionately in love with the Lord? Writing to the church in Ephesus, the angel of the Lord sent by the Lord Jesus himself, giving the message to John, he said, write to this angel. The church in Ephesus was filled with good works. He said, I know your works. I know your patience. I know that you have tested those who yes. said they are apostles. You found them false. I know all your, your, your tolerance and your, and your perseverance and your works now are more than the first. Yet I have this against you. You have left your first love. You're not in love with me anymore. You have allowed your heart to grow cold. You have allowed your heart to become dull and indifferent. And I'm calling you back to your first love. This is the message for the church today. This is what the Spirit is saying. So many are spiritually asleep. So many are distracted. By the desires of other things, by the deceitfulness of riches, by the cares of this world, we are weighed down. Our spirits have become so malnourished and so weak, we cannot stand up anymore like true disciples and ambassadors of Christ. Our representation of Christ is weak and poor, and it puts people away who do not know the Lord. They look at us and they say, well, if, if that's your God, then I don't want to have anything to do with him. A defeatist mentality. A perpetual brokenness. Sure, I understand that the Lord has come to heal the brokenhearted. But once we come to the Lord, we should be restored. Allow him to restore us. To bring us into a state of restoration and health and strength. So we can say to people, look at us, look at me. I am where I am because of the grace of God. This is what God has done for me. We have no longer live testimonies today. This needs to change. And so we become, when we, when we allow the, the strong desire for other things to distract us from our King, from following the Lord, from pursuing His presence passionately. We become weak like ordinary men and women. Void of power and might, just like Samson. As long as Samson was walking with God, and as long as he did what was commanded of him, he was the strongest man on earth at that time. His enemies ran from him. He was endued with power and might until Delilah got into his life. Delilah today stands or represents the world and its spirit. He started fooling around with Delilah. Many believers are fooling around with worldliness and compromise and the spirit of this age. And what did she do? She cut off his hair. The strength was in his hair. He allowed her to get so close. You cannot fool around with the spirit of this age. The Word of God teaches us to be separate, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. She managed to get into his heart and he became weak as other men. He was blinded. Today, by and large, the church is spiritually blind. We see, but we do not see. We hear, but we do not understand. Why? Because our hearts have become hard and indifferent toward the things of God. Folks, it's time to get serious with God. Hello? I didn't come to tickle your ears today. I came to bring a prophetic message from the presence of God. I came to shake you up a little bit. Too many of us are sleeping. Too many of us are spiritually dull. We're not aware of what is going on around us spiritually. We're not aware of what, what, how the Spirit of God is, is nudging us or moving us. And the Lord wants to bring an awakening. How often we read in the book of Isaiah, Awake, awake, O arm of the Lord, and put on your strength. Who's the arm of the Lord? You and I. The body of Christ is the arm of the Lord. And anything that God will do, He will only do it through us and not without us. If things are not being done and accomplished in the kingdom of God, it's not God's problem. It's, it's our fault. We're not cooperating with Him. Hello? Sheer negligence of our spiritual disciplines causes our hearts to become hard, unable to walk with the Lord in obedience to His word and to His spirit slothfulness when it comes to spiritual disciplines. How's your prayer life? How much time do you spend in God's presence? Fellowshiping with God. Reading His Word. Studying His Word. Listening to the voice of His Spirit. The Word says those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be (laughs) weary. So many of us are spiritually and emotionally exhausted. I can't take this anymore. Yes, you can, but there is much weakness in your spirit. That's why you cannot endure. If you falter and faint In the day of adversity, what it means is that your strength is small. You need to be strengthened by the power of His Spirit. If you run with a footman and you weary, Jeremiah says, how will you fare with the horses? What happens when things get really tough in this country? As ministers of the gospel, we fail to equip people properly in the word of God and disciple them. The failure is on us. We're too soft on sin and too tolerant to the flesh. Wisdom says, listen, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travels and thy want as an armed man. When I read these words, I can clearly understand why so many of us are weak and spiritually deprived of God's presence and God's blessing. This man neglected his vineyard. Instead of digging around, building a wall, taking out the weeds, watering his vineyard, he was sleeping. Laziness. You know, your heart is like a vineyard, it's like a garden. You neglect your garden for a few days and it is filled with weeds. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things entering in, where, in your heart, causes your heart to become hard, insensitive, dull. You hear, but you can't, you, 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 you're not listening. Hello? A little sleep. Whenever the the scripture speaks of awakening, he's talking about prayer. There's a verse in the book of Isaiah, and God is, is complaining about his people and he says, No one stirs himself to take hold of me. There are times where we need to stir ourselves up and take hold of God. There are beautiful things that God has prepared for every one of us. Things that your natural senses cannot perceive, cannot fathom, cannot grasp. Many of us are trying to grasp God with our minds. God is not a mind. He's a spirit. You can only grasp hold of those things that God prepared with your spirit. Because they are spiritual things. The Bible says that the natural man receives not the things of the spirit, but he who is spiritual judges all things. We are too much in the flesh, and we cannot grasp those things that God has already prepared for us. The Bible says, your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard. It has not even entered into the mind of man, the things which God prepared for those who love him. Do you love him? He has a whole lot of things that are lined up for you, but they are in the spirit. You cannot perceive them in the natural or with your physical senses. You can only grasp them by the revelation of the spirit. But He reveals those things to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Who knows what is in man except the Spirit of a man? Likewise, knows no one knows the heart of God except the Spirit of God. We grasp them by revelation when we move over into the spiritual realm. We can only walk in them by the revelation of the Spirit. But if we do not stir ourselves up, those things remain hidden from our eyes. And one day we're going to stand before God and God will say to you, look what I've prepared for you. And you were not able to grasp them. You were not able to walk in them. You were kept out of your promised land simply because you were lazy in seeking my face. You got distracted by the spirit of this age. You have allowed other things to crowd in your heart. You have pursued wealth. You have pursued the blessing. You have not pursued me. Therefore, you are deprived of those things. You will be saved. And that by fire. But that day you say. Oh my God, what have I missed? I don't want to stand before God and say, Andrea, this is what I've prepared for you. And yet, you haven't even touched the surface. My heart cries and weeps at times for believers who are so negligent, so indifferent, so disrespectful to God, without the fear of the Lord. Just marking time. Listen to what James says. Speaking of worldly Christians. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he gives more grace? Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And how do we submit ourselves to God? By humbling ourselves. He says draw near to God and He will draw near to you. That's when we stir ourselves up. Not, Not begging God to give us what is rightfully ours. God has already given us all things. We we don't beg God for what is ours. He said, how shall he not with him freely give us all things to enjoy? No, there is an enemy that stands between you and what God prepared for you, and he resists you. That is why we need to stir ourselves up in the spirit, in prayer... Drawing near to God so that we can see what God prepared and so we can walk in it by faith. When you see, you have no problem believing. When we struggle to believe God is because we're not seeing spiritually. We're not hearing in the spirit. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the revelation of God's word. We struggle with faith. We struggle with doubt. Why? Because we have not seen. The moment you see what God prepared for you, you will have no problem believing God for it. When you see it, you possess it. When you hear it, you possess it. That's how faith works. But when you can't see, you're punching the air. Listen to what he says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. We're not waiting for God, God is waiting on us. He's been waiting on you for a very long time. I heard a preacher say once after he's been in the ministry for over 10 years the Lord appeared to him and he said, You haven't even entered the phase, first phase of your ministry yet. He said, Lord, I've been in the ministry for 10 years. I've been waiting on you to... And no, he says, You did no such thing. You haven't been waiting on me. I've been waiting on you. And then he showed him what, what God called him to do. Imagine being 10 years in the ministry and hardly ever entering the first phase of, of his ministry. My goodness! Do you know why most believers have not come into their own? They have not recognized who they really are in the Spirit. They don't know themselves. That's why they're experimenting with other people's lives. They're living lives that belong to someone else. Rather than living in their own purpose and in their own destiny, they haven't grown up. They haven't come into their own. And so they go around in circles. They're trying to mimic this one, mimic that one. You know, God created you uniquely, and you are an original. And there are original things that God created you to do in this world. The Bible says we are His workmanship in Christ Jesus, created for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There are works that God prepared for you that you should walk in them. But if you don't know what they are, how will you walk in them? You go to find God, and in finding God you find yourself, and in finding yourself you find your purpose. And so what most, that's why people, so many compare themselves with other people. Because they haven't discovered who they really are. Do you know the definition of true greatness in the eyes of God? Being where you're supposed to be and doing what God has called you to do. Simple as that. So he says, draw near. Come, I'm waiting for you. Jeremiah 29. It's such a well-known verse and quoted by so many believers. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. I I have prepared a future and a and, and, and a hope for you. Yeah, but... God knows it, but it's not good enough for God to know it alone. I need to know it. And then further down it says, and you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all of your heart. When you put your heart into your religion, into your faith, God will show up. But you've got to put your heart in it. And then he says, I will reveal myself to you. I don't know how people live without the tangible presence of God. I don't know. Do you? I cannot face this world without the tangible presence and the light of God on my life. That's not a life. That's existence. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life, and not just any life, have it more abundantly. And then he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Notice that this letter is addressed to believers, not unbelievers. Purify your hearts, he says, you double-minded. And then he goes on to some very, very, very hard words. He says, Be afflicted and mourn. Fasting is a spiritual mourning. We need to incorporate that into our lives from time to time. It helps us become aware of the things of the Spirit. And your joy to heaviness, humble yourselves in in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. I believe there are times when we need to leave the church weeping and crying rather than laughing and rejoicing. One of the things that grieves the Spirit of God, if you want to know the truth, is the unwillingness of His people to repent. Their unwillingness to acknowledge their spiritual condition Repentance is a dirty word in the church today. Not many preach it. And I, I believe there has never been a time before such as this, where the message and the clear word of repentance needs to be proclaimed from the pulpits. But it's got to start with us. Sometimes I ask the Lord, Lord, what will awake your church what will it take for us to be spiritually awakened what's it going to take the way back to the heart of god i believe is through genuine repentance which will produce fruits evidence of true repentance john the baptist said to the people who came to be baptized he said you brood of vipers Bring fruits worthy of repentance and don't say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. They were boasting in their identity, in the genealogy, in their, in their forefathers. And he said, no, those things God can raise up from these stones and make children unto Abraham. He says, bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. And sometimes we put our confidence in false identities in our churches, in our pastors. Often what we do, we see someone who's burning brightly. Just like John the Baptist who said, he was the burning light. He was the lamp that continually burned. And he says to the crowd, and you were willing to rejoice in his light. We need to create our own light. There needs to be a fire burning within your heart every single day. The lamp must receive fresh oil every single day if it's to burn and burn brightly. Not rejoice in someone else's light, but have my own light and my own anointing that I can influence others. How's your lamp? Is it burning? is it burning bright or is it flickering you know the parable of the ten virgins five were foolish five were wise may the Lord give us fresh oil but you know fresh oil comes out of crushed olives are you willing to be crushed anointing costs and the price is crushing there's a beautiful song Michael sings lately he says in the crushing how does it go Michael in the crushing in the pressing you are making new wine in the pressing you are making new wine folks I love you I love you in the Lord more than you know But the Lord said, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Can you hear the heart of your heavenly father calling you back to his presence? Can you hear his spirit crying out and saying, come, come. This is where you're going to find life. This is where you're going to find true fulfillment, true adventure in the Spirit. The psalmist said in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I'm talking about spiritual pleasures that have nothing to do with the flesh or the dreams and ambitions of the flesh. Living life to the full Not just marking time, but fulfilling purpose. Being strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Being able to jump over walls and jump over obstacles and whatever the enemy throws at you, you stand and like a tank, you ride over those obstacles, fulfilling the will of God for your life. Taking others with you. Amen. Some of them grabbing and just dragging them along. Because you have inner strength and inner fortitude. Amen. Amen. What will you do with this call? How will you respond? In my opinion, we have not given the Word of God the honor, the respect, the, the time that it deserves. We've got to come back to that and we've got to take care of our spirits. What's the state and the condition of your heart this morning? Is it where it should be? Do you love God? How much do you love Him? Do you love Him to the point of being obedient unto death? Or are you trying to get out of those things that God placed you in because it's too uncomfortable? Amen? Let's stand and pray. If you need prayer this morning, we are here to pray with you. Not just for you, with you. All of us need. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ministry of your Spirit, for the ministry of your Word. Forgive us of our spiritual negligence. Forgive us for giving in too much to the flesh and so little to the spirit. We have deprived our spirits of true spiritual food. We are malnourished. And we ask for your forgiveness. By your grace, we pray, enable us to rise, to awake. And stir ourselves up, dear Heavenly Father, so that we may take hold of you and of those things you have prepared for us. So here we are this morning. We wait on you. And we thank you for your long-suffering. We thank you for your patience with us. We thank you that no matter where we've been, what we've done, and how often we fall, you're never, ever disappointed with us. You embrace us, and you woo us deeper and deeper into your presence, dear Lord. May we find refuge and comfort and love and fulfillment in your loving heart. May we come to know the Father's heart as we've never known before. May we experience the joys, the love, the compassion that's so unconditional to us, Lord. And this is my prayer, Father, for every single one of us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.